I hope you are very excited about tonight's service. I don't know where we're going to put all the people because the second service was full. The first service was, was crazy well attended and I'm thinking tonight you must come early. We have 400 seats or so overflow that's ready for the people. But um, please come early, get your seat. And some of you have been in the church so long, I think you can name your seat. Is that okay? You can put your name there, you can put your Bible there, you can put your... Just don't leave clothing there, but put something there and say, this is my seat. Um, amen. I want to speak to you this morning about, I, I felt the Spirit of the Lord came to me during this week. I, I come on assignment today. This is the last day of 23. And before I tell you what the Spirit of the Lord, you know, tonight, 10 o'clock will be a purely prophetic night. Um, I'm going to speak to you about what's going to happen in the world. Um, what the Lord has showed me about what's going to happen in our nation and for us as well. But it's not just about what is going to happen or what the Lord has said. It is about exiting one year and entering another year. Entering one season and entering, uh, exiting one and entering another. Amen. And so there's no better place I, to, to do that than in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's not, don't do it in a bar. Don't, uh, the bar can't help you. They might be selling spirits, but those spirits can't help you. It's only one spirit that saves. His name is the Holy Spirit. Oh, let me preach right there. Do not be filled of wine. Be filled of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay, so Romans chapter number 12, verse number 2. Go with me there. We cannot enter a new year unless we change our minds. And... Uh, the Lord spoke to me very, very strongly about this too, that our minds need to shift as we go into 2024. And there's many things that I can tell you about 2024 and I, I need to be careful not to go into my sermon of tonight. And tonight I'm, I'm really going to go, I've been in, in separation this last week. I've just been praying and uh, spending time of God to hear the word of the Lord for 2024. It's a very serious thing for me to hear God's voice. Because I understand that I'm leading thousands of people and I don't want to say to you something that might sound nice but it's not from God. And so I just want to say first and foremost, again, be early, uh, get that seed. In Romans chapter number 12, verse number 1 and 2, the Bible says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. I want you to see that the Bible says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. The word conform there means to squeeze. Don't let this world squeeze you into a pattern. In other words, don't look like the world. We, must, we can dress like the world, but we must not be like the world. We are in the world, but not of the world. Right? We are of the kingdom of God, and there's a kingdom that dwells inside of us. Um, don't want to major on that, but our old mind cannot take you to a new place. An old mindset cannot take you to a new place. And this morning, I want you to get rid of your old mindset and put on the new that is to come. An old way of doing cannot lead you to a new way of, of seeing. I, I want us to understand that you have to see it from His perspective. You have to see it from His perspective. During, during this week, I told the story in the first service and I'll tell it in, in this service as well that you can just understand I was speaking to Pastor Stefan and he's, he's busy while he's now at our church in, in the Cape in Somerset. And um, 
He was telling me how busy it is in the strand, that strand area there, how many people are there, thousands of people are busy on the beach. And then I have another friend that is, that is also there and he's in one of, the, one of the units there or one of the flats there and he's high up in the flats. Very, he's got a place that's very high up and he sent me a video from the top down. And when I spoke to Pastor Stefan, I was, he was telling me how many people are there. And when I spoke to my, my other friend or my brother, when I, when I spoke to him and I saw the video, I saw a different perspective. And the Lord started to speak to me and He started to deal with me about this concept of understanding that it is your, your position gives you perspective. From Pastor Stefan's perspective, it looks like thousands of people. But go a little bit up, it's not a lot of people versus the sea. In actual fact, if, you, if I could have shown you the video, you would have seen that what was really on that beach is about three, four percent to the potential of what can be there. So your, your elevation gives you perspective. Your position gives you sight, right? Your position gives you perspective. The Bible says you have been positioned in Christ Jesus. It's, it must make you look at life differently. I want to say that again. You are positioned in Christ. That's, that says you must think and see differently. If we think and see like the world does, we cannot carry the solution. As you sit here this morning, you are the solution. Ephesians 4.27, the Bible goes on and it says this, Don't let the sun go down and still be angry, for anger gives, way to, uh, gives a foothold to the devil. Now, this morning I want to deal with it because you can't access 2024 unless you leave 2023 behind. Can I say that one more time? You cannot access 2024 if you do not leave the full 2023 behind because you owe God to dream big. As you sit here this morning, you owe God to think bigger thoughts. You owe God to dream grandeur thoughts about yourself. And the Bible says that the enemy wants a foothold. Now what is a foothold? The word foothold here is the Greek word topaz and it means entry place or access place. The enemy just wants some form of access place and he wants to have some form of a welcoming mat in your life because if he can have an access place in your life, he wants to stay. Right? Come on, are you with me? So in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, just stick with me. I'm going to go to a couple of scriptures because I want to break patterns. The Lord spoke to me about patterns. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Please note that you have weapons, plural. The first weapon that we should have and the one I really would just want to focus on is the helmet of salvation. But we have weapons casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I want to say again that an open door is how the enemy comes in. A stronghold is how the enemy stays in. I'll say again. An open door, a foothold is how the enemy comes in. And a stronghold is the way the enemy stays in. Now what you need to know this morning is this. You cannot live a life better than the quality of your thoughts. 
You cannot live a life better than the quality of your thoughts. As a man think in his heart, so is he. But what's important to understand is that you are not your heart. Let me reword that. You cannot follow your heart. You follow the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can understand it? That's Jeremiah chapter number 17, verse number 9. I think it's Jeremiah 79. The Bible says, who can understand your heart? Who can, dis who can discern the heart? Who can understand it? It's deceptive. That's why we cannot live our lives and say, I must follow my heart. Please don't follow your heart because your heart is deceitful and it's also seasonal. Are you, are you okay? Let me go a little bit deeper. Am I talking to somebody here? I feel like I'm talking to myself. The problem is this. If we want our thoughts to call the shots, we're going to live our life via feelings where we should live a life being led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of the Lord is a leader. Our feelings cannot be our leaders. Let me use an example. I, um, during this December, I made up my mind that this December I'm going to be, I'm going to be the fittest that I've ever been in any December. But to be fit or to look after, your, or, or after the physical vessel, there was no amens there, so maybe I'm on my own there. But I, I, I thought, let me, I'm going to be the best I can be in December that I've ever been. But to become fitter takes consistent discipline. And I found something out again. It's not about how you feel. It's what you want to see. Let me say it again. It's not about what I, how I feel. It's about what I want to see. So I'm after the fruit. And the fruit needs a root. And the root needs consistency. Are you there? Again I say, you cannot have a better 2024 if you enter with a 2023. You have to leave 2023 behind. And I'm going to help you with that. Come on, let's give Jesus just five seconds. Now, an open door again, is, as I say, is how the enemy comes in. A stronghold is how he stays in. So what is a stronghold? A stronghold is a, is, a, is a manner of thought and a manner of thinking that's not in accordance with the mind of Christ. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is a manner of thinking that is not linked to the mind of Christ. So it's a thought that's anti-Jesus. The problem with a thought is this. This is how it works. If you leave a thought long enough and you start to meditate upon the thought, the first time that thought comes in, it's not a problem because it's most likely just in and it's out. And may I also just say, the devil doesn't know your thoughts unless he gave them to you. He doesn't know what's going on in your, in your heart. The devil has to listen how you talk. That's why life and death lies in the power of the tongue. Not in the power of the thought. But before it can reach your tongue, it must reach your mind. So this is how it works. The enemy needs to give you a thought that's anti-Christ, anti the Lord, anti the Lord's idea. Your job, my job, is we need to reject that thought or take that thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Or, let me reword it, 
you and I, our responsibility is to take the thought captive to what we know about God. Because this thought wants to elevate itself against the knowledge of God. In other words, it wants to push what you know about God out of your life so that you may receive something unto your life that's not God. And in other words, we are replacing God's word with Satan's word. Everybody with me? Now here's the tricky part. Often the devil's word travels with people. Often the enemy's word travels with circumstances, events. And we believe that word because it looks true. But may I say, if it's not the word of the Lord, it has to go. Oh, is there anybody, I feel like I'm talking to myself. Okay, now let me, let me help because it doesn't help to be all spiritual if I don't give you, if I don't show you how, how condemning we are in our own nature. Any thought that you have that's attacking your image is not from God. Because you are made in the image of God. It, it depends how you see it. Let me use an example. If I, let's say I was, I was over, overweight. I just want to help, just want to give an example. Which hopefully I'm not, but I, okay, nobody's helping this morning. Everybody is si silent. If I'm overweight, I can look at myself and see, and the thought can come and say, but I am overweight. Or I can change the narrative and I can say, I am an athlete that gained a little bit of weight. So the, oh, come on, am I talking to somebody? I can either say I'm fat, or I change the narrative and say I'm an athlete that gained weight. My perspective will give me purpose. And what I want you to understand is that many times the way we see ourselves is the way, the way we perceive ourselves is the way we look at life. Are you there? In other words, the example that I just used, many of us, we see ourselves already defeated before we started. Now see yourself correctly, then act correctly. Second way that we know it's a satanic thought, if any thought that is condemning by nature, it's not from God. That thing can be dressed up all in white. If it's condemning, not God. God doesn't need to condemn you, He's already convicted you by His Word. Thirdly, any word that is, any thought that is judgmental is not from the Lord. God judged the sins of mankind in Jesus. He does not need to pass judgment through your thought life. Are you there? But sometimes what happens to us, we are very judgmental about ourselves. And this is, the, this, this is where it gets worse. We are judgmental about ourselves. Also, another way that we to know it's not a thought from God is a critical thought. Now, I want to say this because it's very true for us as Christians. Often as Christians, please listen to me carefully. Often as Christians, we are judgmental and critical about other people. 
May we leave that behind in 2023, please. I said it to you the first service. Come here, you can give Jesus five seconds if you want to. I said it to the first service and I, and I said it, I'll say it to you again. I refuse to entertain a thought about somebody else that God does not entertain about them. Because as soon as I entertain a thought about somebody else that God doesn't have about them, I shape that person into my thinking instead of his thinking. And I love them according to my thinking where the Bible says I must love my enemies even. Many of you seated here, don't show me your hands now, but we fight with people in our heads. We are offended with people in our heads. We, we go over stories in our heads. May you choose today to let people go free out of your thought life so that you may live the abundant life. Because to be honest, to be critical and judgmental about somebody else is like drinking poison and then blaming somebody else. No, you choose not to live the abundant life. Are you with me? I think what sometimes disappoints us is our expectation of perfection. We expect people to be perfect. We expect people to never disappoint you. May I help you this morning? That person sitting right next to you, they've got feet of clay. They will fail you. That's why God says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. It's true. But here's what I want to get to. If I have a stronghold, what it does, a stronghold is a thought that comes again and again and again. And so what Satan needs to do, he needs to act according to his nature, the word diabolo, Satan, the word diabolos, the word devil, it's the word diabolos. He needs to give you the thought again and again. And you need to think that thing repetitively because his design is, is that he needs to take that thought from your head to your heart, from your heart to your mouth, and then you're going to start to speak it. As soon as you start to speak it, what you are busy doing, you are shaping and you are creating for yourself an alternative future. Are you there? And then the problem is we don't just create a future for ourselves, we identify with that future. Let me use an example. Who of you can worry? Quickly lift your hands. Okay, the rest of you that are, who can lie? Okay, who of you can worry? Lift your hands. What is worry? Worry is you imagining something and projecting it into your future. It's not yet real, but you are believing it to be real. How do you believe it to be real? The power of your imagination is thinking it up right? You might, be, you might be standing in a circumstance or sitting in a circumstance and you are worried about something or you're concerned about something. Now, worry is worship for the wrong God. Because what happens is you're imagining a future that's not yet real. It has not yet come. But through the power of your imagination, 
you are imagining it, you are thinking about it, and because you are thinking about it, you are projecting it. Now the, the, the problem is, now that worry becomes a reality. And now the enemy doesn't just want you to live in it, he wants you to, be, to identify with it. Let me use an example. Let's say you have a sickness, or there's a sickness that's in your body. When you start to meditate upon that sickness and believe in that sickness and trust in what has been said about that sickness, what happens is you, you push that thing deeper into the being of who you are. Then we start to identify with it. I am this. I have that. Let me just help and I don't want to be super spiritual. It should be true to us all that we will most likely be in situations like having sickness, like having, having times of hardship, whatever, certain areas of things that will come into our life. The point is we should not identify with it. We should not become it. Does it make sense if I say that? Because as soon as I identify, and it's not, faith is not the... The faith is not saying I don't believe it. Faith is the ability to not allow it influence into my life. Make sense? So faith is not saying, ah, oh, that's not real. No, it's real. Faith is saying, I see it's real, but I'm not going to bring it into my life and make it part of who I am. You're getting what I'm saying. A little bit deep, but it's, but it's important to understand. Because if you start to identify with it, then you're going to start to speak about it. You're going to start to declare it. You're going to start to say it. And soon you're going to live in it. Are you there? Remember what I started off with by saying, we owe God massive dreams. Come on, look at your neighbor. Say, I owe God massive dreams. Let me take it personal. You cannot entertain a thought about you that God does not entertain about you. You cannot entertain a thought about the Father that the Father does not entertain about you. You must think different. I want to go to two scriptures here. That's very important. So, as a man thinketh, so is he. You are the quality of your thoughts. Are you there? So I know who you are based on your thinking. So if I want to improve you, I must change your thinking. Let's use again exercise as an example. Many times in the gym I'll, I'll hear or when we exercise together with other people, they will say, but I can't do that. Until the coach shows them, no, you can do that. And what I'm trying to get across to you this morning is there's, there's people that are stuck in patterns where they've been trained that, no, I can only do this. I'm here to tell you this morning, let's get unstuck because there's greater things coming. Just because it was a pattern doesn't mean that's the parking spot. You owe God to live a bigger life. You owe God to dream a bigger life. Come on, are you okay? Look at the scripture. In Genesis chapter 1, verse number 28, I'll put all of this together just now. You get, you get God saying the following, and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. 
subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea. Look at that. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. The first thing I want you to see there is God does not say be seedful. He says be fruitful. Why does God say be fruitful and not be seedful? Because God never thought that His people will hold on to the seeds. God says be fruitful, not be seedful. Because the potential of the fruit is in the seed. Right? But be fruitful and multiply. Why does God use the terminology fruitful? Can I go there just for a moment? Because God expected His people to be good managers of what is given to them. Increase is on the basis of stewardship. Let me say that again. If you steward your body, it will, be, it will work for you. If you steward your marriage, it will work for you. If you steward your finances, it has to work for you. Everything that is stewarded works. Okay, it's very quiet now. Let me go on. I want you to see something. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. See now here, we see something. God says, God blesses them and God says to them, be fruitful and multiply. Then we find that Adam and Eve messes up. They are disobedient to the word of the Lord and God has to send them out of the garden. Then the Bible says this in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 17. I, I hope you're getting what I'm saying. The Bible says, Cursed is the ground because of you. Listen carefully. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. Look at it again. Cursed is the ground because cause of you through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life I want you to see something here in Genesis chapter 1 verse number 28 the Bible says and God blessed them but then we see in Genesis chapter number 3 verse number 17 God does not bless them nor does he curse them he curses the ground why does he curse the ground because he can't curse Adam, he's just blessed him. You see that? He just blessed Adam. And so what is on Adam? The blessing of the Lord. I want you to listen very carefully. I'm going to reveal things now. He has given him his blessing. Now he can't curse him because he's blessed him. So now what he does, he curses the ground because of Adam. It says, curse be the ground. So God cannot curse the man. He curses the man's purpose. Are you okay? And Adam dies spiritually. And we know Jesus has to come as our second Adam to break that curse so that you and I can receive Christ and live spiritually. Everybody with me? Now, I want you to stick with me here because I'm going to help you and we're going to break this stuff this morning. There is, in your Bible, you get generational curses and generational blessings and generational patterns. A pattern is something that is in our lives as a, a in a continuous tense. In other words, there's a, there's a pattern in a family. 
there is a, a, for example, let me use an example. Certain families, let's, let's use anger as an example. The dad struggles with anger. Now, the brothers grows up and he, or the son grows up, he struggles with anger. Now that son has a child, the child struggles with anger. What is that? It's a demonic pattern that is busy continuing. Are you there? Everybody with me? How did that demonic pattern start? It started with somebody opening up a door and agreeing with the enemy. Are you with me? Now when you look at generational curses, you'll find that the Bible says both blessing and cursing comes from the Lord. The devil cannot curse you. I'll let that sink in. The devil cannot curse you. If you are blessed, you cannot be cursed. So the, the devil cannot bless you or curse you. What curses a man is disobedience to God. Let me use an example. The Bible says, if I'm dishonoring to my parents, a curse can come. If I commit adultery, a curse can come. If there's stealing false witnesses, a curse can come. And there's a lot of different ways. The, the point of the sermon this morning is not to show you the different, the different curses. The, the point is that we have to break the cycle but through repenting of that that was broken before. In other words, many of you are sit, seated here this morning and, and I have this so strong in my heart that the Lord wants you to exit the pattern. But where does it start? It starts with somebody repenting and somebody saying we're going to keep the word of the Lord. Come on, is, there, is that okay? Are you understanding? Let me use an example. In my, in my own family, in my own family, I saw a door, I saw a pattern. And the door in the pattern that I saw was a pattern and a door of sickness. I saw but, ah, oh, but here's a pattern of sickness. And I made up my mind that I'm going to find out where's the door. And I asked the Lord, Lord, help me that I can discover where did the enemy try to come in. And the Lord showed me where the enemy came in and we, as children, we closed the door. We repented, closed the door. And then please note Jesus' attitude about any, any cycle that he ever dealt with. Jesus says, and you may enter never again. Right? And in our own family, from the time I've closed that door many years ago, sickness never came again. Why? There's no agreement. You understand what I'm saying? The point of what I'm trying to get across this morning is that many of us, we, are, we want the Lord to do things for us, but we are breaking His Word. And the Bible says, as it is in heaven, let it be so on the earth. So what we have to do on the earth has to be according to the pattern that is in heaven. If we try to do things on the earth that is not in heaven, God cannot answer prayers like that. We have to be in accordance on the earth 
as it is in heaven. Come on, do I, am I making sense to you this morning? So somewhere along the line, it has to stop and you have to say that it has to stop with me. This morning, you have to make the decision in the second service that you must, let me use an example. Let's say your family struggled with anxiety. Now you struggle with anxiety. When will it stop? Let's say you struggle with thoughts of inferiority. Where does that come from? Let's say you struggle with poverty. You're never getting ahead even though you're working very hard. When is it gonna stop? Let's say you, you struggle with, with low self-esteem. When is that, that enemy, when is that devil gonna stop? Are, are you seeing what I'm trying to say to you? Somewhere along the line, that thing can run, but then it has to run into the Christ that is in you. And the Christ that is in you says that you are not these things. You don't have this low self-esteem. You don't have this anger problem. You don't have this poverty issue. In Christ, we don't need to pretend we can just be. Because in Christ, I am accepted. I don't need to pretend. Come on, are you with me? You can just be because you are already. You are already the, the beloved. You are already saved by grace. You are already the top and not the tail. You are already the head. In Christ, you can just be. And what I'm trying to get across to you this morning is that the, the first place that God wants to take you before He can take you to 2024, He wants to change your way of thinking so that you may change the way that you see it, so that you can change the way you walk according to it, so that that thing can break and never return. Let me say it like this. I, I pray that you catch this this morning. Satan wanted God's throne. God said out. Then he went to Adam. He wanted Adam's throne. And he got it. Then, please listen to me. He wanted Adam's garden. Because God prepared the garden, then he placed Adam in the garden. Then Satan went to Adam. He took, he wanted that garden, he wanted access. Then God closes off the garden, chases everybody out. Now the devil wants your mind. Because if he can infiltrate your thinking, he can captivate you. And that's why you and I, as we sit here, we owe ourselves no other thoughts than the thoughts of God. We owe ourselves to understand we have received the mind of Christ. And because I have the mind of Christ, I cannot have another mind. Come on guys, are you with me? As you sit, sit here this morning, this door of 2024 cannot go open if you take the same old, same you with you right through there. You must leave behind what must stay behind so that you can enter with new life, with new expectations. Come on, are you, are you, are you well? Are you hearing me this morning? I feel I'm talking to myself. I, I want us to understand this.
again I say, we cannot, and I'll throw two more thoughts out for you. I just want you to grab it hold this morning. You should train your thoughts instead of trusting them. So when a thought comes into your heart that you know this is not God, you must immediately reject that thought. So this is not the Lord. The Lord said this to me during the week. He said, many of my people are crying out for breakthrough, but they're violating my word. So I cannot bring unto them because they are not obedient to the pattern. Let me say it like this. We must learn to be obedient to the Lord. Then ask Him what we want. And He will do it for us. We have to do it according to His Word. And let me be honest with you this morning. Myself included. Many times, I don't see it exactly as it's written here. Are you there? But I refuse to change my theology that He's not good. Just because I don't see it. When I don't see it, but yet He wrote it, then my responsibility is to go to Him and to say, Lord, You have said it. You're good. The problem doesn't lie with You. So where's the problem? Oh, I don't know if I'm getting myself. Do you understand what I'm saying in power this morning? The problem is we, we do this. We look at it, we like, ah, oh, it's not working. It must be God. And then the devil comes, he says, but it's you. No, it's not you. Because that's judgmental and it's critical. There's somebody that paid the price for you. It's your responsibility to go find out more. And to go ask the Lord, Lord, you have said it, I'm not seeing it, why? Are you guys with me? Let me end with, with one or two of these things. And I, I, I wanted to prepare your hearts for, for where I believe the Lord wants to, to take us tonight. And I believe it's so important is that the pattern has to break. The cycle has to break. But the Lord is looking for someone that will break the cycle. Let me give you two two more thoughts, just as a thought. Two last thoughts. Goliath is, because I, I want to prove to you that you can break the cycle. Scripturally, you can break it. Goliath has got all of the Israelites under his voice. He's been speaking to them for 40 days, telling them just by his words, he's going to defeat them. Nobody pulls a sword. Everybody's afraid. Are you there? Because all of them have a mindset of defeatism already. They're already defeated. They've not even pulled a sword. They're already defeated. Are you guys okay? And we, and so what happens? We need somebody else to come onto the scene that has a different mind. Who is that person? His name is David. David comes onto the scene. Please listen to what he says. David comes onto the scene. He says, who are you? You uncircumcised Philistine. 
this day. Look what he does. He says, this day, a cut of your head. What is he doing? Please, please note, please note. He just, ha- he just has a different mind. Everybody else is afraid. Only David comes onto the scene of a different mind. And what happens is this, when the head falls, suddenly when Goliath's head comes off, suddenly all of the army of Israel has got faith. It takes one person, the point is this, it takes one person that acts differently and everybody can get courage. It takes one person in a family and the whole family can get free. It takes one son that can stand up and says, up to here and no more and everything can shift. It takes a husband to say, it runs here no more. And suddenly the marriage, the children, the whole lineage shifts. Why? One person of the right mindset. That's why your, your thoughts is so powerful that you can get a, for example, let's use a, a sickness. You get people that have got anorexia. Anorexia is a sickness where people are crazy thin. They don't eat, they starve themselves but they see themselves as overweight. How is that possible? The power of the mind. Are you with me? So here's the thing that I want to get across this morning. If you have the mind of Christ, you owe God massive thoughts for 2024. You owe the Lord huge thinking. And you know what I found is this. And I'll say that and I hope the people are listening that, are, that have said it to me that, they, that I may offend them. I'm teasing when I say that, by the way. But often what people will do, people will take their thoughts about themselves and project it onto you. And they'll try to limit you by how they see it. Don't let that happen. The reason why, come on, are you guys with me? The reason why I said what I said, because I I received a phone call from somebody and they said, no, you have to think smaller because the Lord says. I said, the Lord says nothing like that. God wants the world, brother. Go recheck who you're praying to. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. So we're going to dream massive. We're going to dream big. And I'll be honest before I pray for you this morning and everybody that's on. And if you are online this morning, say that's me. If if that's you, just throw me a thumbs up on the online and share for me, please. Let me be honest with you this morning and just say this. Last night, I, or this last couple of days, I, I said to the Lord, Lord, you have to do something bigger with me. You have to do something bigger. There must be more. Lord, there must be more. I said, Lord, this can't be it. I said, Lord, I'm very thankful, but there must be more. Do something bigger with me. And as I laid on my bed last night, I said, Lord, do something bigger. I want you to do something bigger. 
And the Lord said to me last night, He said, then let's change and let's make your thoughts bigger. Because if you can start to think like me, you're going to see like me. And you're going to act like me. Two last thoughts. Let no man treat you below the standard of what Jesus died for. Can you guys just come and get this, this door? Let me say it again. Let no man treat you below the standard of what Jesus died for. Are you there? You are royalty. You are a royal priesthood. You are kings and priests. Let no man treat you lower. And I'll encourage you with the last word, then I'm going to pray. Refuse. Treat yourself lower than what the Lord wants to treat you. Are you there? Say to yourself today, I, from this day, I'm going to live a life of higher magnitude because there's a greater faith that I have in the Lord. Come on, let's just give Jesus some praise. A father's and a mother's dream. Let me just say it like this. A father's dream is for his children to have the very best. No father has average dream for his kids. Your father has got massive dreams for you. And you and I was, must walk away from the limitations people have placed upon us. We must say, no, that's your limitation. That's not my limitation. That's your reality. That's not my reality. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life as I dwell in the house of the Lord favor. I've got high expectations. Empower Church, I taught you, and I'll end of this, I taught you that you are highly favored. That's not a saying. I wanted you to start to think like that. I taught you that you are deeply loved. That's not a saying, that's an understanding. Because they that are loved deeply can have faith greatly. And I told you that you are abundantly blessed. And what that means is not for you to go into debt. That means have great faith in a God that can do all things. So from the time I've started to lead you, now I'm going to lead you into a next year. Trust in this God that wants to do exceedingly abundantly above and reject small thinking reject small thinking reject small thinking and in this day i want to encourage you and we're going to do this now together we repent of the patterns that we've allowed and we say to year and no more can i give you a new thought Here's a, here's a good new thought. The Bible says Caleb lived to 87, or he was 87 when he took the mountains, right? He was of full strength when he took the mountains. The scripture tells us that he had the strength of his youth. 87, strength of his youth. So here's a new thought for you. 
Don't plan to exit your life with sickness. Cancer don't need to take you to Jesus. Arthritis doesn't need to take you to the Lord. Rheumatoid arthritis doesn't need to take you to the Lord. Hepatitis I, A, B, C doesn't need to take you to the Lord. We don't need to, we don't need the cause of the things of this world to take us to the Lord. You can live the purpose out of your life and then go to the Lord. What am I saying? I am saying, until the purpose is not done, you are not done. Amen and amen. Have high thoughts about yourself. Have high thoughts, I'm going to say, about yourself. Find it an insult when you have lower thoughts. Can I tell you a story? Just to drive her home and then we're going to pray. I like a specific perfume. And I only wear this one very specific perfume. I like to smell nice. And I hope you believe in the gospel of sanitation. And people love me, so they, that was a good place to say amen, but anyway, so they, they, they buy me the perfume often, and I buy it myself. I, I like this perfume very much, and I've been wearing it for about 10, 10, 15 years. And people know me by my smell. And so the other day, I, I, I needed to take an Uber, and as I was climbing into the Uber, and I've got this, um, this habit that I will not leave a home without smelling nice. <laughs> and I'm telling you the story to prove a point. And so as I climbed into the, the Uber car, the guy said, he said, yeah, you smell nice. I said, thank you very much. He said, is that the new axe? Say it, excuse me. He said, is that the new axe you're wearing? It is, hey, it is. I said, no, brother, this is not the new axe. He said, it's the golden one. Hey, it's the golden one. I said, no, it's not. I said, I'll never wear axe in my life. The point is that I'm trying to tell you, he had a thought about me that's lower than me. We don't wear axe. Praise the Lord. I'm teasing when I say that, but it's the truth. I used that as a hyperbole this morning. Don't have thoughts less. You are better. Yeah, come on, say that to yourself. I deserve the best, not the rest. I am a king's child. I'm a daughter. I'm a son of the King of kings and of the Lord of lords. I deserve the best not the rest. I deserve the healing. I deserve the breakthrough. I deserve the manifestation. I deserve it. Why? He paid for it. I will not settle for less. This is who I am. This is my declaration. I am who I am because the Son paid for me. Oh, come on. Shout hallelujah. Are you there? Say with me, I deserve the best. That is who you are. You don't deserve the rest. You deserve the best. 
Amen. I want to pray this morning. We're going to break those patterns, break those cycles. If you've identified a pattern, you've identified a cycle in your family's life today, before we're going to meet together tonight at 10, we're going to break that stuff today. It will not go with us to 2024. Listen, I, I want to be as strict to say this. It cannot come with us. It has to stay. Oh, can I get boldness in you? It cannot come with us. It has to stay. That loneliness needs to stay in 2023. The sickness, you must wave it goodbye today and say it stays in 2023. Being broke stays in 2023. You have to be able to say today, this thing stays in 2023. It's not coming with me. You must check the Lord in 2024, I'm telling you. I'll say to you what He's got to say to me tonight, but we, we, we must say today, it stops and it stays. It has to stay. We owe Jesus that this thing stays. If that's you this morning, all the people that are online, hundreds of people. If that's you this morning, I want you to say, if you've identified something, listen, may I just say this? Uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm taking too much time this morning. The reality is the devil plays dirty. Just plays dirty. And it's time you walk away. I love you very much in power. That's why I tell you the truth. I know Jesus. I know the Lord. And there's nothing ill with Him. That's you this morning. That you've identified of that, I want you to stand, please. Lift those hands to the Lord. Lord, as your people stand this morning, Lord Jesus, I thank you that in this day, patterns breaks off. Cycles breaks off. Whatever was the satanic lies of 2023, Lord, we pray it stays in 2023. Father, I want to declare of your people this morning Lord, not my word, your word, your word of life. And Lord, we want to declare over them this morning that the pattern stops here. The cycle ceases here. And Father, I thank you, Lord, where there's things that's been running, it stops now. I plead your blood, Jesus, over them. I plead your blood. I speak freedom to you right now in Jesus' mighty name. I speak freedom. I speak wholeness. I speak your deliverance. I speak unto you as the Lord speaks to me. Come out of that place of small thinking. Come out of that place 
of limitation. Come out of that place. We feel you, you're not enough, that it's not sufficient. Come out of that place. And I speak your blood, Lord, over your people in this day. You will be free. You will be free. You will be free from small-mindedness. You will be free from your enemies. You will be free. Father, I speak that out over your people in this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. And there we are. I want you just to receive for just you. Just for the next 10 seconds, I just want you to receive it. Receive. Say, Lord, I receive. I receive it. I take it by faith. I receive it today. Lord, I rip off labels. I rip off satanic names. I rip off labels that I see in the spirit of loneliness. Labels of anxiety. Labels of depression. Labels that of fear of sudden death. A fear of dying before their time. Lord, we rip off these labels. We break it off in this day. You will not have a voice anymore over God's people. Father, I thank you that you've given us the mind of Christ. And we can have this mind in Jesus' name. We receive the mind of Christ. This is our inheritance in Jesus' mighty name. Save me now, say, Holy Spirit, I receive a sound mind. For I have not received the spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and a sound mind. And this day, I declare, my mind is sound. In Jesus' name. Put a hand on your heart. Save me heart. Listen to the word of the Lord. You are not broken. You are not wounded. You are whole. For the Lord your God is your healer. And Jesus Christ is your Lord. Now say to me, say to speak to yourself, say self, from this day, I will trust in the Lord my God. I will lean not unto my own understanding. I will acknowledge the Lord in all of my ways and the Lord shall and the Lord shall direct all of my paths 2023 I leave you behind in Jesus name Amen and Amen